that. Goodness gracious. Uh, it's amazing to come together and worship um, like that. Today I, I want to speak on a, on a subject. kind of have three words, and these three words are extremely important. And so um, as, as, we, as we unpack them, I want to talk today about purpose, plan, and provision. I know those are three P words that you can maybe remember. Uh, there's something very important um, concerning our longevity in our Christian walk. I think that, that we must never forget that life as a Christian has these two parameters. There's dual parameters. We have the temporal things of life, so, you know, the stuff. But then we also have the spiritual things of God. Uh, the temporal and the spiritual. And, and a lot of times these overlap each other in such a way that, to me, they overlap to ensure our success, to ensure both success in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. In order to visualize this and even utilize the, the fullest of what God has for us, I think we have to recognize these three things, that God has a purpose, that there is a plan, and that there is also provision. As we unpack this, I want to start with purpose. God does have a purpose. Everything, everything God does is with purpose. I think sometimes we think, you know, uh, the work of God is willy-nilly or whatever, you know, like God just decides to do something. But in fact... God, even in the creation story, we find how God layered creation on purpose. He started with light, and then he moved to atmosphere, and then he separated land and sea. And I kind of want to just pluck out a little snippet of the creation story to, to, to help us understand this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, it says, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so, and God called the dry ground land, and he gathered the water, and the gathered waters, rather, he called seas, and God saw that it was good. But then look, and God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and the Bible says it was so. Now in this little, little snippet from the creation we can see that the entire creation was wrapped in purpose. Land would be for plants and living creatures. The sea was created before it would teem with fish. And, and God didn't even create man until he had planted a garden for man to live in. Each part, each part of the layers of creation fulfill the purpose that God had for the next so as, as we watch creation unfold, think of it for a second. What if God would have created animals before he created land? That would be a bad deal. Or, or when you think about this, what if God would have created fish before he created seas? That would be a bad deal. I mean, aren't you thankful that God didn't create man just plunking out somewhere in like nowhere? But that literally God planted a garden, and then when man became a living soul, 
his eyes opened to this splendorous, wonderful living place that had the exact atmosphere for him to breathe, that had the exact plants for him to eat from, that everything in God's creation, there was purpose, 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 purpose. Then at the same time, because we have these dual parameters, these layers sometimes can be extremely confusing. For, for one part, they take time. I mean, I think about the, the story of, of Joseph in the Old Testament. He was favored by his father. He was given a favored coat to wear. His brothers were jealous. He had dreams about being promoted. His brothers faked his death and sold him into slavery. He found favor with a master. His wife lied about him and he went to prison. In prison, he interpreted dreams for Pharaoh's servants. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Then he was promoted to second in command. And all of this was done for him to save his world and save his family from a famine. Some of the layers in Joseph's life were good. Some of them he found favor. Other layers in his life were bad. But they were all a part of the purpose that God had set out for him in his life. So when we think about purpose, then we also have to think about the reality that God has a plan. God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a favorite verse. It, it says that, 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 that God spoke to the Israelites and said, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. And we must always remember that God never walks in blind. God is never caught off guard. I mean, when I think about God's plan and the fact that, that, that he's never caught off guard, you know, I, I have to just reflect on the great, uh, you know, one of the great American poets, uh, Waylon Jennings. And I have to reflect on a song that, that, you know, came later in his career that, you know, you may not have ever even heard, but it's worth listening to. And he sings this song, co-wrote it with an individual. He sings this song, Nothing Catches Jesus by Surprise. That, that we may be shocked because we live in the temporal. We may be surprised because we live in the temporal, but... But then we have to recognize that as a part of the temporal, there is the spiritual. And the one who is in the spiritual with us is never surprised. Never caught off guard. Always has a plan. Matter of fact, Romans 8, 28 says it like this. And we can take comfort in this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called... According to his purpose. See, the plan of God is tied directly to the purpose of God. And although we may not always understand, or we may not always like the layers that, that, that are rolled out in our lives, layer after layer of, of, of God's purpose being fulfilled, although we may not understand all of those layers, we have to have confidence in the fact that God has a plan. And that in that plan and in that purpose, all things work for the good. Not not just the good things, not just the bad things, 
all things work for the good. That God has this plan. Matter of fact, uh, some translations say all things work together for the good. See, we may not understand the all things, but we see here that in the good and in the bad, God has a plan for all of it to work in our favor. So if God, in fact, does have a purpose and since God, in fact, does have a plan, I'm thankful today to know that I serve a God that also has provision. God doesn't put anything in motion without provision. Philippians 4.19 says it like this, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. All your needs. Not some, not most. That God will meet all of your needs. I mean, this takes trust. And, 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 and that's especially true when we don't actually see the provision yet. I mean, have you ever walked into something and looked around and thought, what is this? Matter of fact, Hebrews 11.6 declares to us, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. But listen, and that He also rewards those who earnestly seek Him, that He has provision for those. He has provision for those who have faith. Faith in God's provision is at the heart, is at the heart of, of, of this faith-filled prayer, this earnestly seeking Him. Mark eleven twenty two, familiar verses. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. I mean, this world kind of operates on it. I'll believe it when I see it. And the Word of God is screaming to us that we need to believe it before we see it. That we just trust that there is a God working on our behalf as we are looking for God's provision, while we are working in God's plan, while we are fulfilling God's purpose. You know, I think I'll say that again. We are looking for God's provision while we are working in God's plan, while fulfilling God's purpose. Several months ago, I received a phone call from a lady that we've known for years. They're the company, Big Blast Fireworks. They set the tent up on our property, have done it for many years. She called me, and we, we talked about a couple of things. It was, you know, fireworks season was coming forward, and this would have probably April. This was in April. 
She said, you know, my, my, my daughter and son-in-law would like me to, me to give you their number. They'd like to talk to you about something. I'm like, that's fine. Go ahead. Ultimately, this, this phone call led to a meeting between us, and they, they pitched an idea to me that um, at first, to be honest with you, my, I was just like, no way, not going to do it, not interested at all. And, but, I, but, you know, I was like, well, they, they were like, well, I mean, can we at least make an offer? And, and, and the offer was this. They were interested in purchasing from us some of our farthest north property, all right? Uh, for those of you that may not know, we, we own 20 acres of land. We owed everything this is, and then we owe, own that 10-acre plot. They were interested in, in that, and like I said, my heart was no, you know. But I said, you know, okay, well, we'll meet again. So let's just, you know, you guys, they, they, there's a family member that, that has, uh, is a realtor, and they were going to go and try to figure out even what, what the land is worth. So they came back about a week later. They came back to me. They said, well, you know, comps from like 211th Street all the way through 161st. So that quarter. They were like, you know, it's going for anything between $2,000 an acre to about about twenty-six or 27000 And they, we talked to the county, and the county was like, you know, probably fair market value on that property in retail sense, probably around that. So I'm still sitting on no. You know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, really doesn't. But for that price, it really isn't. I don't see how that accomplishes anything for us. And so I just let it sit. I didn't contact them. I didn't email them, didn't call them. Just let it sit, waiting to hear back from them. In the meantime, I had a conversation. And in that conversation, it was pitched at me that, you know, what would be an offer to the church that you would find very difficult to refuse? I said, you know, to be honest with you, I don't want to, I wouldn't sell five. I, I, I probably would sell no more than four. And I don't think our church board would agree to sell more than that anyway. And it's ultimately up to, you know, that governing body. As you know, if they came back with four acres and $50,000 an acre, I might would have to take it. Well, then we leave and go to the Destiny Conference. And while I am driving to, to Fort Worth, this would be now end of May, uh, 1st of June, I get an email and say, Pastor Rob, this is us. And I had to pull over to read this email. I say, we've been talking. We've been praying. And we feel like you know, to be to be fair to the church, we feel like we um, we don't want five acres; we want four, and we're willing to give you fifty thousand dollars an acre for two hundred thousand dollars. So I was at Destiny. My 
most of my pastoral counsel was there. I sat down with them. I sat down with Dee Sokolowski, our banker, trying to look at the future for the church. Elder board were very excited about the prospect. I came home, had a board meeting with our church board. And sitting in that meeting with the church board, and I was explaining all of this, saying we, you know, we're, we need to make a decision whether or not we're going to entertain this offer. For whatever reason, they all thought that I was talking about $50,000. And they were like, yeah, that's a lot of money, you know, blah. I went, no, I'm not talking about $50,000. No, I'm talking about $200,000. And Jim Laughter, on our church board, been a board member for many years. Jim Laughter goes, $200,000? That's a game changer! And I'll tell you why it's a game changer. Because that night we agreed that we would accept that offer and that we would take $150,000 and pay our church note down to below $100,000. Right, number one, saving us a significant amount of money on our on our payment, but on top of that, putting a mortgage burning service within sight. I'm saying that's that's, that's within sight, you know. And then we take fifty thousand and do capital improvements around the church. Some of those we've already started. So, here's the deal. I'm bringing this up now because the process is winding down. Um, And I just wanted to rejoice with you that this has been going on. I've I've waited to say anything because you've got to make, I don't want to make an announcement that this is happening and then for some reason it doesn't come to pass. I'm looking really forward to paying the mortgage way down. And so, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, that, that in itself is, is going to be a miracle for us. So here's the deal. If you look out there, there are stakes that now you may have noticed. There are stakes out there. They've surveyed the land. They're going to take that four, north four acres. We're going to combine the six acres that is left over there with this 10-acre plat, and we're going to plat a 16-acre plat here and then... They'll have the four, and they're going to give us easement right to cross that property if we ever need to go across there with, with, a, with a drive. And so um, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a Christian company. It's a nonprofit. They're, they're basically going to put a, 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 they're going to bring pumpkin patches and all kind of stuff like that. They're building a building, and they're bringing all of that activity down here right next door to us. And we still got plenty enough land to do whatever God wants us to do. And so we're rejoicing in that. Amen. Let's clap our hands now. Righty. So I'll let you know, I'll let you know when we, when we, um, when we have a check in hand and we'll just clap and shout and become all Pentecostal and run the aisles or something, you know. If you guys would stand with me as uh, as we pray over the offering.
this morning.